0: Grand rising, everyone. Natalie, come into the coffee. Got my coffee here. Salud. Pumpkin. Hmm. Pumpkin coffee. Yum. Oh. Um. Okay. Smashing my book a little bit here. Okay, so we have uh, we're reading from the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation good morning kumar so want to get started on that um let's see here okay so we talked about as above so below um and the doctrine of correspondence okay so hermes strains to apprehend the meaning of these words and wonders how the archetypal form can determine physical reality but tell me he asks, whence did the elements of nature come into being they issued from god's purpose comes the answer which beheld um that that beauteous world uh and copied it the watery substance the one thing having received the world was fashioned into an ordered world the elements being separated out from it and from the elements came forth the brood of living creatures and the one mind and the mind of life and light being male and female, both gave birth to another mind, which was the maker of things, okay? And this made out the element seven planets who encompass with their orbits, the world perceived by senses, by sense, sorry. And their administration is called destiny. And forthwith, Hermes continues, the world of God leapt up from the downward tending elements of nature to the pure body of the highest sphere sphere, which had already existed and united with the one with the mind maker with the mind the with mind the maker sorry okay sometimes i can't read you guys <laughs> i don't know what happens some days i'm like super odd and some days i'm like wait what pretty weird okay uh for the word was of one substance with that mind too and the downward tending elements of nature were left devoid of of reason so as to be mere matter the astonishing implication of this divine message is that if you can reach the one mind you can change reality by transforming the one thing uh the precursor of all physical manifestation boom there you go there's the key right there now sounds good and it sounds beautiful and it sounds like yes okay i get it like internally we get it right good morning the rock we're like yeah <laughs> i i totally get it and i love it because people will say yeah yeah I, I get it okay getting it mentally and actually applying it are two different things okay and this is where the experiential part of spiritual alchemy comes in it's the practical use not the think about it use, (laughs) not the, the brain gets it use. It's not the knowing, it's the actual application. This is where true alchemy exists. This is where our, where we would say chemists go to their laboratories and they work on their elixir. Well, what's the elixir that we're working on? Well, you are, you're the elixir. You're the vessel that is gonna be working. Okay. Let's see, so good question. So you can change patterns, I thought they were pre-existing, pre-established. Um, good question, that comes to the question of free will and determinism. Is our fate determined or is it? do we have free will? And I'd say both, that's my answer. Um, now you can sort of decide for yourself, okay? Um, again, my alchemy is going to be different. You can decide if the free will or determin- determinism is how you operate mere faith alone doesn't get you results you've got to put into action something into motion so what i believe determinism to be is that we all end up in the one mind at the end of the day we all end up in the source we can't be outside the source right god is the one mind and that's it and the one thing And so we all end up in the same place, but we have choice. And that's where I would say that we can change patterns based on the choices that we make. So if you saw God is this all-encompassing thing, we're all part of it. And we're all going to end up in the one mind, the one thing. We're going to all be the same, right? We're all part of the same extension of this divine energy. And and that's pre-established that we will return, even the below even the underworld, even the darkness will return because it can't be outside of it. There's no outside of it. <laughs> How could it be? Doesn't That doesn't even make sense, right? So again, we are part of the one thing, the one mind, and out of it, we are able to co-create with it. And so yes, you have the ability to change patterns. The journey is gonna take you to the same place but the experience is going to be different for everybody and we have the opportunity to shift and change our experiences based on our alchemy based on the way that we apply our alchemy to our life so i hope that answers your question now you ponder it and you come up with the answer because you may believe that everything's just pre-established and here's the deal if i went on that um If I had that worldview that everything was predetermined, then I would take no responsibility for my actions. I'm like, it's predetermined. I didn't do it. It was already predetermined. I was going to do it. Now, if we went into what the Oracle says in the matrix, right? She says some pretty, I love that part where she said, you already made the choice, you're here to understand why you made the choice. See, the choice was already made. That could be determinism as well. Like everything's been pre-established and the storyline's going to play out the way it's going to play out. But why did we make the choice? What was the intention behind it? What was the reason for it? Okay. Tons of ways to look at this. Now you decide which way you want to look at it. And how you look at it and how you work with it is going to actually shape the way we see our reality. The way that we see these words, right? if we think that our patterns are pre-established, we're going to live as though they're pre-established. If we believe that we have the ability to shape and mold the pattern into something else, now it might be the same pattern, but it might be molded differently. The same energy, our archetypal energy, but looks different or plays out differently. Right, it's like crocheting. Imagine crocheting a blanket. Crocheting a blanket, you can use the same pattern, maybe different colors. It's the same pattern, but there's different colors. So the intention we put into it may be different. Something still changes, right? Something still helps us mold it. So tons of ways to see it again. So you decide. You think things are pre-established, then what? Do you have the ability to have personal responsibility for your life or are you just playing out life as though everything was predetermined and you have no control, you have no ability to choose? No. Well, that's one thing we do know about humans. We have free will. Could be the damnation of us, perhaps, Uh, because sometimes we don't choose so wisely. (laughs) We can see it today, what's going on with people. Let me say, well, were they, is it predetermined that they were going to choose crazy things, perhaps? What I'm learning right now, in, um, and I've learned about it before, but I'm starting to have a deeper understanding sense of the trickster energy. And the trickster energy is an energy that existed um, since the beginning of time, I guess you could say, since the beginning of human development. We ourselves have become the tricksters, hey g p man, and if you understood the the trickster energy, you would understand how the character plays out in our existence with individuals, which is pretty crazy and ourselves and I've been thinking a lot about the trickster and what does that mean and so coyote um in native and indigenous cultures was the trickster always right the trickster, the coyote, or the raven um. Now we're looking at the trickster in maybe movies. And the one that keeps circling through my head is Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. We know that um, Jack Sparrow, right? He's a trickster. He's a trickster. He's a great character of the trickster, the Mad Hatter trickster. So we see that this character sort of gets embedded in these storylines. And the trickster is neither good nor bad. But we hate the trickster, but then we love the trickster. And there's times that we see the good and we're like, yay, they got it. And then boom, they're back doing their trickster ways. Maybe not even knowing it, but that is their energy that they embody. So in the archetypal trickster, we see um, that perhaps. Um, Are things predetermined? Can we change it? I don't know because we would say that the mind of a human being something happened something switched. All other animals live in harmony with the world. If we didn't exist, the planet would flourish, but we exist. And so in our existence and in our ability to make choices, we make some really self sabotaging choices that's we do we sabotage ourselves we're the ones that are creating all of this crazy chaos and we then want to place that blame on something else well what is that something else what happened if we go back historically I'm going to put this down if we go back historically and start looking at what we call the tree of knowledge now if we didn't have the ability or discernment or ability to understand choice then we would just go with the storyline and whatever happens happens we wouldn't necessarily try to create the things that we're creating or question our awareness or be aware of the awareness and be the observer of the awareness the trickster is a big part of that storyline the trickster sort of set in motion things that we see today. So I just read a story, it was a comic, right, that about the coyote. And the the animals in the forest wanted more light, and the coyote uh was late to the meeting, right? They were asking the sun, the gods, can we have more light and the god, you know, god said, well, I don't I don't know if it was god, but the energy said, well, if you want more light, go to the the river and find the rocks with that are lit up and then paint on them and throw them to the sky this is like a myth story about how the stars came to be and the coyote you see the, the whole entire sky was supposed to be filled up with this art all the animals and creatures filled up the space and he found the one space for himself um but when he went to throw it up there it shattered all the other pieces and he didn't mean to do it and then you know, and then the animals said, well, look at what Coyote did. He ruined our our masterpiece. We wanted more light. And God or the energy said, well, you said you wanted more light and you have more light. What are you complaining about, right? And, and then that's the story of the stars. The trickster energy being like, you messed it up, but you really didn't mess it up. And now, Coyote, you are no longer part of our tribe. And of course, Coyote gets himself into all these little messes all the time but it changes the storyline the trickster can be seen if we looked politically and we could probably say that every single politician is a fool which is the fool in tarot and the joker in tarot and it's crazy because all this look at everything that i talk about is all being acted out in political arenas these politicians play a role they're playing characters and we can see the pattern and the characters being played out in the politicians. The biggest trickster that we've seen was Donald Trump. He's a trickster. See? he He's doing things that nobody expects. He's He's twisting the storyline or he's doing something to shake up the storyline in a trickster way. Now, people... Are uncomfortable with that because why? The trickster energy is a hard energy to work with. You don't know if they're good or bad. In fact, they're both and they're neither, and they're <laughs> right. It's like one instance, you're like, Oh, I see the good, they're good. And then boom, they go and do something that totally is almost naive in a sense. You're thinking they're dumb. Why did they do that? But their dumbness or their naiveness is exactly what was needed to change the storyline. It's like dumb luck, right? So if we look at the characters of like Jack Sparrow, which I think is the best character to, to describe the trickster, he gets himself into all of this trouble, but he somehow naively gets himself out because it's erratic. People don't really know what he's gonna do. They're not certain. And I don't think he isn't either because he has no plan. He's just going with whatever happens. And he's changing the storyline in some way, in some fashion. Was his energy predetermined? Perhaps. Uh, Perhaps our energy is predetermined, like our energy DNA, right, that I was talking about the other day. And what energy are you playing out? Now, all of these energies sort of exist within us, but there are some very, very profound energies that are kind of like our go-to. So you might wanna ask yourself, what is that? And how do I choose to engage it? Again, if we're talking about the energies of the one mind, okay, the one mind being all the energies. Now, all the energies have separated into billions and trillions of bazillions of energies. Those energies, How do we engage those energies becomes how we choose in matter to mold and shape the energy. That's another way to look at it. Okay. Is it predetermined or not? Well, it could be. The energies could. Good evening, the good girl. (laughs) Okay. So. If we continue on this and we look, and I love that, and that's the secret to creation. How do we create? The astonishing implication of the divine message is that if one can reach the one mind, you can change reality by transforming the one thing. That's powerful. And it's not easy to get there. It sounds like, ooh, yeah, I can just do this. Now, you can reach the one mind and you can transform your reality and you can shape and mold your reality the way you want it and i talk about this quite a bit now again it's not an overnight practice you don't just do it once you could but it's not sustainable right and i can give you an example of my niece who has known this work since she was born because i helped raise her um and i can't say that she necessarily she's naively using this information not really understanding consequences that come with actions right so she gets results really quickly she has the ability to manifest but she loses them really quickly because she chooses she thinks that it's sustainable if she does it once that her life's going to be all magical that only happens if you say hey i'm going to the darkness and I'm going to manipulate everyone, right? And that can happen. But you're compromising something for something. You're sacrificing something for something else, you see? And so we see this in movies. I love talking about movies. It gives you a place to relate to this material. But we see it in Star Wars with, you know, Anakin, right? Turns to the dark. He was taught good, but he had a choice. Was that predetermined? perhaps, but he had a choice how to use that energy. So we choose how we engage the energies that exist within us. And there are dark energies. That would be a lie if I said they're all light. That's not true. (laughs) There's a shadow to every light. And then we go into the shadow conversation of peter pan right where where we get into the place where peter pan doesn't want to grow up so he cuts his shadow off you see if we don't go into the shadow we stifle our growth because our consciousness gets stuck stuck in this illusion that's not real and we stay young forever that was the concept of peter pan when you look at it now and you say well The shadow is the ability for us to expand the consciousness, to bring what is unconscious into consciousness so that we can work with the energy, so we can mold it, so that we can shape it. That is the practical use. I want to be young and beautiful forever. Well, then cut off your shadow. But there's a consequence. There's always a consequence, right? When we do something, there's always some sort of consequence in the end. But if we can reach the one mind, we can transform the energy. And it's not sustainable unless we continue to do the work. It's an everyday thing. All day, every day. I say this all the time. I've been saying it. Since I started my podcast and before I was even doing a podcast, I was, I've been doing the work my whole life. So you're going to hear me every single day. That's what it is. It's a practice and we apply it. And then eventually when we master this for ourselves, we become the magician and the magician is the ability to leverage resources and co-create, which is like a beautiful place to be. Because you start to see a masterpiece unfolding in front of you. And when that starts to happen, you see the blessings. Now, people get to this point, right? They'll start building this masterpiece. Perhaps they were born with this wisdom, okay? And these are families that are very rich. All these rich people know this information. All these very wealthy people. They're not using it properly. Of course not. Um, They're trying to maintain control. And they don't want other people to understand how. Out of fear for what? because then they might lose all of their riches or whatever. But when you start doing this work and you stay on it, and you start to see the masterpiece, you start to see and understand how all the interconnection, all the pieces work. It's like a puzzle that you're putting together. You're working on your divine creation, and then you start to see the synergy. Now, people do this, and they get to a point, where it starts to grow and other people start to realize, and then they end up selling what they say their soul, they sell their soul in order to what grow even more in order. so the ego's very tricky, it comes in and it says it it, it tries you, it tempts you. because what ends up happening is you're you're leveraging your power you're understanding how to harness your power and with any person with power there's a fine line between what is right and what is easy doing what's right is harder to do especially as you start to ripple and and grow and then You just, boom, some people just go to the dark. They're like, I don't get it. What happened? Well, that's what happened. Become so big that you don't know how to manage it. That's why it shouldn't be all at once, right? It's a tiny progression, a little each day, just progressing and being grateful for the little bit. And before you know it, the intention stays where it needs to be right right heart, right mind. And if you hold that container, then what ripples is goodness. If you don't, well, you're going to wreak havoc and you're going to see craziness. Just kind of like we saw at that show with those poor kids who died. I don't know that those people cared that were on stage. I don't know. I don't know all this stuff, right? It is here it's from other people about this whatever that big space was and those kids died and they were summoning hades or the underworld or death or devil or whatever you want to call it they were summoning it i mean they were he literally said some things to summon the underworld and people died as a sacrifice for it so you see that energy that power is it really does exist and we Um, When we tap into it, sometimes we're doing it and we're not using it for good. We're using it for our own vindictive purposes. But there's always a consequence. Something always, a debt has to be paid some way. So this energy that we're holding or or utilizing is a day-to-day thing. And this is how they have created the world. Shaped the world the way it is. By this magical equation okay temporarily split off from the one mind the consciousness embodied in the mind mind the maker participates in fashioning a reality as we know it this is the same idea of demurrage or divine craftsmen expressed in some religions there we go do you see that so people don't like religion and I, <laughs> ta-da. <laughs> so this is the big thing. Religion is a big trigger point for a lot of people. Um, people are very religious and don't want you dare talking about their religion. And some people don't want to talk about religion or they totally can't stand religion. So, um, and then there's people in the middle that don't really know. They're just trying to figure out what's going on. And they're maybe jumping from religion to religion, whatever. But if you can see what it says here, and this is why everything gets distorted. Because religions are created out of this. Do you see? It sounds religious, but it's not. This is not a religious platform. (laughs) People think spiritual alchemy, they think religion. Well, what are you? What is your religion? People ask me. I said, "I, I don't have a religion. I'm a spiritual alchemist. What does that mean? (sighs) Right? What does that even mean? And so alchemy, right? We can't, so if we looked at it, people have created whole religions based on alchemy, spiritual alchemy. This is, this is the foundation that they used in order to create their religions. It is. And people will say, well, I don't believe that. Okay, well, then go back in history. Just do your readings and try to understand spiritual alchemy. So much symbolism exists within all religions. Why? Because we need symbols in order to relate to things. We need to make it tangible. We need to make our unconscious mind tangible to the conscious mind in order to understand and direct it in a specific way to to live with intention to understand how we're moving and directing our lives well they've done that for us here let me direct you i can show you how i'm going to direct you my belief is that everyone is entitled to their religion just as much as their spirituality and they can be separate they can be separate um so again the craftsmen of some religions, right? So they, the craftsmen have created whole religions based on spiritual alchemy. It's not a religion. But if anybody ever tells you it is, they're lying to you, it's not. Just like Buddhism is not a religion, it's a process. <laughs> My dad was really freaked out, right? When I moved, as so I'll tell you a story, when I moved to India, um he was really freaked out because my dad is he is a full on catholic and he's goes to church and he you know he's like on top of it and you know for me <laughs> I'm a spiritual alchemist so of course it's like blasphemy right i read tarot i do all this stuff hello my god and then re- freaking out right like what are you doing and i'm like no dad i'm not denying your religion or whatever you're up to that's fine but he thinks when i was going to india he thought that buddha he had this idea that buddha was a giant i don't even know where he got this idea i'm sure they probably said something like that in church or something i don't know where he got that idea and i said that no you need to read my dad's a reader like me so he but he doesn't read outside his religion right he reads f- fiction books whereas i read scientific books and, and non-fiction and so He started to read, and he said, "Oh my God, these monks are actually really good people." I said, "Well, I don't know what you thought I was doing. What did you think I was doing? Like, of course." And it's a process. Now they've made created a religion out of it, but it wasn't intended to be a religion. Buddhism was was like, "Here's a path. Here's a process to help you release your suffering, to to get through the suffering, to understand your suffering, to overcome the suffering." It was never, hey, I am a religious person, follow me. He said, here's a way. Now, there's billions of ways, but here's a way. Here's a process, and it's a damn good process. It's a great process, in fact. In fact, we still use it today, because when we apply the process of Buddhism, guess what? We release our suffering. We work with our suffering. We learn how to manage suffering. Mindfulness, meditation, all these things that they're doing scientific work on. But guess what? It was in a religion. <laughs> it was a process. Spiritual alchemy is a process, not a religion. And every religion fits within it. Why? Because they used alchemy to create the religion. <laughs> And it might people might fear this. They don't want to know it. They're not going to read into it. And that's okay. That's fine. They don't have to. It's just going to help them, right? Because I can use parables and I can use Jesus Christ and his storyline in spiritual alchemy to give context, to give understanding to things. There are great, great lessons learned in Christianity. If you pull them out, you can extract this stuff out. And you can start to say, oh, I see how that relates to alchemy and my own personal alchemy. It's your own personal connection to the divine, it's your own understanding so that you can co create with. Try reversing it. Science is fiction, fiction is more factual. Science is fiction, science fiction. So there we go. Um okay, so let's see here. Okay, so the craftsman's expressed in some religion, okay, on the microcosm scale, the mind maker is nothing less than the mind of man, and anyone who is centered and balanced along the cosmic axis can be in touch with the powers of both the above and the below. Okay, here this is a really this one sentence can be an entire five-hour lecture that I give, just this one sentence, okay, because there is so much to understand about the microcosm and the macrocosm. This is a big piece of spiritual alchemy, so go read about it. Um, I don't know who, I don't just read anybody, you can just read anybody, but look at ancient teachings when you're starting to do your research on this stuff, because the macrocosm, tarot is a good place to start for those of you, who are wanting to understand there's a microcosmic scale mind the maker is nothing less than the than the mind of man so we ourselves are a mind maker at the macro at the microcosm sorry and anyone who is centered and balanced along the cosmic axis can be in touch with both powers now i talked about the access i'm going to go over this real quick and then i got to go I talked about the axis there is above and the below. We are sort of in this purgatory state. We're like in the goldie kind of, I don't want to say Lock. we're kind of in a Goldilocks state, right? Because we're not totally pulled down into the underworld, but we're not fully illuminated into the light. So we're sort of in this middle space. Now in this middle space, we are able to create work with matter. We're able to mold and shape matter. So on this axis of that, if we can learn how to balance the internal, remember, there's not just one thing that we're balancing. You're not just saying, oh, um, let me balance the material world. No, we're saying mentally, physically, emotionally. And that this is why the work is so hard, because we're constantly trying to find balance within all of those. Now, I would say we're trying to find equilibrium. At first, perhaps we're balancing on a balance beam. But once we find our balance, once we find our grounding, right? And we can say, Chris, Christina, who's in Kung Fu with me, Tai Chi stepping is a great example of understanding this. That we learn to step slowly and find our footing before we take steps. This is why I love Kung Fu. This is, I mean, Kung Fu to me is probably the best use of spiritual alchemy that I've ever, ever, best system, best process that I've ever encountered. Kung Fu, those individuals, and they were monks. They were monks. And they were taught how to apply nature into their body, how to become a tiger. How to become a crane for the benefit of their own health. I mean, to me, it's like there is, I don't know that there's any other system that's as amazing or process that's amazing as that. I can't even, there's no even words to describe how amazing they took alchemy and applied it properly. They worked with nature completely to heal their bodies. To heal their mind. To heal everything. Look at the process of Kung Fu. Shaolin Kung Fu. I could go on for days about it. I mean, it's just the process. is if, if you're looking for a process that is all-encompassing of spiritual alchemy into manifestation in a way that is not harmful and works with the elements and works with the elements in, a, in the most amazing way, Kung Fu is it. It helps with your mental. It helps with your physical, emotional, your food, your vessel. Everything about it is healing using natural law. So you can find the process for you to find the balance because what we do right? Is we're looking for the balance. When we first start on the balance being, and, and here's a theory that I have, and I am sure that somebody else has written about it. I haven't even looked into it, but an epiphany that I had. The two pinnacles, if we looked at it in the tarot, is a guy juggling things. And when we, when that card comes up, it means that we're trying to juggle too many things at once. We're trying to hold everything and we're walking on this tightrope, right? Trying to figure it out, trying to find our balance once we are able to master that we find a place of equilibrium and for me in language because language is critical i would say that really what we're searching for is not balance but equilibrium a place where when we step we know for sure that we're going to be grounded the balance beam seems too unsteady Right? We go too far this way, we fall that way, we fall this way. So we're sort of looking for that equilibrium where we're slowly balancing ourselves. Tai Chi stepping teaches that. Tai Chi stepping is the type of stepping you would want to actually learn if you were walking across a bridge that is high up and it's so tiny and it's wooden and you want to know if it's going to break on you. You wouldn't just run Tai Chi stepping gives us the ability to know if we're going to be grounded when we take that next step It slows us down We have to have some sort of discernment some sort of awareness about our next steps and just before we commit to the step we make sure that we're we're secure And then we take the step. I mean, it's a pretty badass system. Okay. Why do you think in the matrix? He's like, I know Kung Fu. Because Kung Fu is the process of finding equilibrium. And all parts of our body. It doesn't just work. I mean, if you're talking about the body too, it's not just a process of the mind and the emotions and the food. We literally work out every piece of our body to strengthen it nothing is left out. It is just quite phenomenal. So that application of spiritual alchemy and process, and that's what I'm talking about, we have the ability to create our own processes. We can create a process that works for us, that allows us to enjoy the richness of life. We're going to expire eventually, but we can enjoy the richness of life and, and, and understand this work and really live a fruitful, beautiful life and have a beautiful journey, even in the midst of all the chaos that's been going on. I, I've lived a great life under, during all this time that's been going on. because I apply spiritual alchemy, I know how to apply it because I've been working with it forever, my whole life, right? I so through the whole thing, I'm like, yeah, it was great. I wasn't saying it to everybody, I was trying to teach people like, hey, here's a process, try it out, see if it works for you. And in this process are millions of processes and I will tell you, if you can find me another process that's as badass as Kung Fu, that apply spiritual alchemy, and used it in a way that was not harmful. I mean, they were working with the elements completely. Let me know. I don't think so though. I think they got it right. I think the Shaolin Kung Fu monks got it right. It wasn't just about sitting and meditating, they were moving their body, their vessel. They were mindful of all the pieces. And this is ancient. And of course, the uh, emperor whatever said, oh, hell no, you guys aren't doing this anymore. He was afraid of the power that came with it. And if you look at all these movies, right, they show martial artists. And what are the martial artists doing? Well, they're doing Kung Fu. <laughs> Take a look at it. Shaolin Kung Fu, okay? Just go go read about it and you'll see how... Freaking amazing the system is, and it's not just one system. I mean, everything is all encompassing. They do wood and man, right? They do Pacwa, which I can't wait to do. They do tiger. They do mantis. They do all of they. They im they. The, they were looking at the animals. They were watching the animals do their thing. And they said, how do we embody that? They didn't go say, hey, we're over this domain. You And they didn't go smashing the animals and killing them. And no, they worked with them. They understood them. They said, wow, look at this. And they applied it to their self for health, healing, longevity, and protection to protect themselves from predator. They didn't have guns. <sighs> They were in harmony with nature and nobody wanted to mess with them because, and they didn't need to that. I mean, at the end of the day, they weren't trying to hurt anybody. They were trying to protect themselves. I mean, what an amazing way to use spiritual alchemy. I mean, I feel super blessed. I wish I would have known about this or I did know about it, but I wish I would have started when I was a lot younger. Of course I didn't, but that's okay. Because the process itself is alchemy in motion. We'll just say that. Kung Fu's alchemy in motion. One of the most profound systems we have today, and guess what? It's still here. We still have access to it. They tried to get rid of it and they couldn't. Pretty badass, okay? So there you go. Baram. how are you? I'm just about to end. Um. But we were talking about, the, of course, the one mind and the one thing. We're still in correspondence. And um, talking about how we support that and the microcosm scale. Mind, Mind the maker is nothing less than the mind of man. And anyone who is centered and balanced along the cosmic axis can be in touch with the powers of both above and below. And I was talking about how Kung Fu is that process. I mean, it is. It's not only balance, it's equilibrium, which I think is even more profound because it's not just about walking on a tightrope. It's actually finding complete balance and and foundation underneath your feet, in your body, in your mind. Total badass system, that's all I'm gonna say. You can't convince me otherwise. And if there is, if you ever guys come on my show and there's a process that you're like, Natalie, I think this process is as good. I don't know if there's anything better, but this process is just as good. Okay. Look at Kung Fu. You can learn alchemy, not just through words and talking, but actually applying it. You apply alchemy to your life when you're in Kung Fu. That's, that's what it is. That's what the process is. Okay. So there you go. Um, I love you guys so much. Uh, let's see, we have Tuesday, Wednesday. I have a couple more days left here. Um, for the podcast but have a fantastical day by the way uh, i know there's only a couple of you we are having a retreat series um hopefully you guys can make it i know that your time zones might be different but if you do go to um the uh i think i had put the link in here last time if you go to the link take a look we're doing a retreat and again it's not just me who's speaking it is a culmination of a bunch of people that are going to be doing alchemy um, as professional personal development um and we have some amazing presenters um so you know i highly recommend that you go it's a virtual retreat there's the link um and you'll see all the presenters are on there you'll see of course me all that stuff right yay um and just go to the link check it out and i would love to have you guys join us on that journey it's for days. uh, uh, It's every Thursday and it's four hours each. Um, So it's a really good treat. Um, The cool thing about it is the money that's made goes back to the presenters. Um, And that's what I love about what's being created. It's a win-win situation. um, Because for me, it's not about the money, right? It's about abundance consciousness and everybody wins. And that's the cool part is that all these presenters, um, I don't want them just giving their time for free. And so um, there's a little bit of a charge and you guys can be a part of that. Okay, there you go. I love you guys. Have the most fantastical day ever. And I will be seeing you soon. Bye-bye.